Well, like I mentioned last week, we are on a journey for the next several weeks looking at some leadership dynamics. If you weren't here last week, I want to encourage you to go online and get the first week. It's already online. You can get there. And, um, and many that, won't, that aren't here tonight hopefully will go online and be listening. Last week, we introduced the, the idea of master-level leadership. And uh, tonight, we're going to continue that. But just as a quick review, we said there were three kinds of leadership. There was shallow leaders, which none of us want to be, right? And then there were superficial leaders that kind of were uh, leaders that were somewhat um, uh, looked like they were doing what they're supposed to do, but, but really, uh, just when, once you scratch the surface, right underneath the surface, there's, there's nothing there. And uh, then there's Christ-like leaders, which we talked about last week, and that's the type of leader we want to be, master-level leaders. And so we're going to continue that journey tonight, and we're going to turn in our Bibles, if you didn't bring one, there's some on the tables, to Mark chapter 9. And uh, I'm going to need a volunteer here just to help me uh, with, uh, who wants to hold my stick? tonight, all right? Joe, you get the first one, all right? All right, so you kind of hold on to that one, and we're going to get three of, go, get through three of those. When we get to the end of that, you know we're done, all right? But Mark chapter 9, Mark chapter 9, verse 30 through 37. Um, actually, I'm just going to look at verses 33. That's where we'll start. And uh, we're going to look at three prerequisites to master-level leadership, to successful leadership. And uh, I believe that these three things will help you no matter what area of life, no matter what stage of life you're in, these, this will help you at work, it'll help you be a better mom, it'll be, help you to be a better citizen, it'll help you be a better person, it'll help you be a better leader, these three things that we're going to talk about tonight. But the first one comes from Mark chapter 9. Verse 33 says, they came to Capernaum, and when, they, when uh, he was in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing on the road? And he was talking to his disciples, and his disciples had been arguing about something, but they kept quiet because on the way, they had argued about who was the greatest. The disciples, they wanted to jockey for position, saying, who is going to be the greatest, or how can you be the greatest? And again, I said this last week, this week... Uh, in, in this, Jesus doesn't come down on him and say, no, you're not to be great. But instead, he redefines it. And listen, he says, it says, sitting down, Jesus called the 12 to him and he says, look, if anyone wants to be first, if you want to be first, he must be the very last and the servant of all. The very first leg of leadership is you must have a servant's heart. That's the fill in the blank on the top there. Be the servant of all. Now, God, I believe he wants us to be great. He's called us to greatness. And you can be great, but it must be achieved by being servant-hearted and service-minded. Does that make sense? That's what God has called us to do. The next blank there is greatness is measured by a person's unselfish willingness to serve. Now, if I just asked you, hey, how many guys are willing to serve? Just give me a quick uh, show of hands, all right? all right? That's why you're here. You're learning. You want to be sharp. You want to you grow in this area. Greatness is measured by a person's unselfish willingness to serve. And so you say, well, how do I serve? Well, you want to look for ways to serve, but there's three things here that are important. This all is part of that first leg of leadership. The first one is that you want to serve, and when you do serve, you want to serve in a way that does not bring attention to yourself. 
Let's turn to Matthew chapter 6 real quick. Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. It says, Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will not be rewarded from your heaven, your fa- heavenly Father, your Father in heaven. I can't read. So when you give to the needy, don't announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received the reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving might be in secret or your serving for that matter. So you're serving and you don't want to bring attention to yourself. Then your father who sees what is done in secret or what is done saying, hey, I'm just going to serve. I don't need all the attention. Then it says you will be rewarded in heaven. So the first way you serve is in a way that does not bring attention to yourself. The second way that you want to serve is in a way that you can. In a way that you can. Mark 14, uh, verse 8, it's a story of Jesus being anointed by the woman. She breaks the alabaster jar and just um, she just pours all this oil on Jesus. And it says in there that she did what she could. We want to serve in a way that we can. If you have a great voice, you should be serving in that way for the Lord, if, if that's your heart to do so. But you know what? If you don't have a great voice, no one expects you to sing on the praise and worship team, all right? And, uh, and, and if you know how to change the oil in a car, change the oil in a car to, to serve the Lord. But if you don't, no one's going to ask you to get underneath the car and uh, on a, let's say on a day where we're changing the oil for a bunch of um, uh, single moms or something like that. You want to serve in the way you can. God has given you gifts and abilities, and through this time, we're going to take some, uh, through these next several weeks, we're going to look at what is it that God has put in your heart? Where can you continue to grow? All right, so you want to serve in a way that does not bring attention to yourself, in a way that you can, and you want to serve and be faithful. You want to serve faithfully. That's the third bullet point there. Matthew 25, 21, it it just encourages us. Uh, Let's turn there. Matthew 25, 21, encourages us that if we are faithful with little, that God will give us more. And that's our heart. Look what it says. The master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many. Come and share your master's happiness. So the first leg of leadership is that we need a servant's heart. Everyone say a servant's heart. But that you can't just stand and be a great leader with just a servant's heart. The second thing comes from Luke chapter 22. Turn with me there to Luke chapter 22. In Luke chapter 22, I want to read it first, and then I'll tell you what the, the uh, leg of leadership is. Starting in verse 23, actually 24, we read this last week, a dispute rose among them, which of them were considered the greatest. Same story that we read in, uh, in Mark. But then Jesus said to them, Look, the kings of the Gentile lord it over them, and those who exercise authority over them, are called. they call them benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest. Everyone say the youngest. And the one who rules like the one who serves. All right, I need another volunteer to hold another leg of leadership. All right, you got it. 
right there, Robin, and hang on to that, and we're going to use those in just a minute. Now, when it says there that we are to rule or we're to be great, we should be like the youngest, it doesn't mean that we should be immature or like a elementary student. <laughs> I almost said like a teenager, but we got teenagers here. It doesn't mean we kind of revert to childish ways. Actually, when you study that word youngest, it actually means to be a listener or to be a learner. We are, the fill in the blank for the second leg of leadership is you must not only have a servant's heart, but you must have a teachable attitude. We've got to be teachable. I like the quote, uh, this is from uh, Pastor Dave Williams, when you're green, you grow, when you're ripe, you rot. <laughs> and uh, we, we need to continue to be green. We need to continue to be learners and to be growing. And not only in our, in our, uh, in our intellect, but it's an attitude of learning, saying, you know what? My attitude is not that I have it all figured out. Instead, my attitude is I want to grow. There are a lot of scriptures in, in the Bible that talk about this. Here's four that kind of popped out from Proverbs. Proverbs 10.8 says, the wise in heart accept commands. If you want to be wise, you need to be open to hear God's commands or the commands from others that you love and trust. Proverbs 10.17 says, He who heeds discipline shows the way of life. Again, we're talking about a teachable attitude here. Proverbs 13.18 says, He who ignores discipline comes to poverty and shame. If you want to end up poverty-ridden, if you want to be shamed in, in the, on the lakeshore, in your school, or at work, absolutely not. He who ignores discipline ends up that way. But, he who heeds correction is honored, it says in Proverbs 13, 18. And I love what Proverbs 21, 11 says. It says, when a wise man is instructed, he gets knowledge. You grow. And it's a teachable attitude that we're talking about. Being teachable is a mark of wisdom. You can flip over to the second side of your sheet there. Being teachable is a mark of wisdom, and we just read uh, Proverbs 21, 11. But just let's talk about this for a moment. Why are some people not teachable? What are some ideas? Why do you think some people, they're not so teachable? What, what kind of things come to mind? They're, they're conceited? Sure. Pride, all right, a couple prides. <laughs> yeah? Maybe an atheistic view, saying, hey, you know, forget God. Uh, they're just, you know, full of them, themselves, Sure. What else, when you think of why people would not be teachable? Closed-minded. Is that what you said? Yeah, closed-minded. That's great. Uh, there's some people that just feel like, what's that? Say? Okay, fear of persecution from others. Sure. There might be feelings of self-importance saying, you know what? I've got this figured out. i got this licked. Or, you know what? Sometimes people are not teachable when they resent authority. Or maybe they, have, they struggle with authority figures in their life. Or they just decide, hey, you know what? I'm just going to do my own thing. But you know what? It drives me crazy. Do you know, can you think of someone that's not teachable? Someone maybe at work or in your family? You know what? They, you start saying, hey, hey, brother or sister, this is how this works. And they're like, oh, i got to figure it out. And they just go. Or whatever. You know what? I appreciate when someone's you know, teachable and willing to grow and willing to listen. And I'll tell you what, God, He uses people 
with a teachable attitude. A servant's heart and a teachable spirit. So the question is, is who should we be listening to? Any ideas? Listen to God, of course. My wife. (laughs) Yeah, you're a smart man. Good. What I was thinking is that we need, and I don't care how old you are here, teenager or, or older adult, you need to listen to wise people. Who should you listen to? Wise people. You need to listen to men and women who, have, who are successful. If you want to learn how to manage money, you don't find someone that is broke all the time and has three bankruptcies. Does that make sense? You need to find someone that's doing the right things and getting ahead. If you are in a marriage situation and you need some marriage help, you don't ask someone that's been divorced three times and is with another girlfriend. You would, you would ask someone that has been successful in marriage to walk with you. And you need to do that. Uh, and uh, no matter what area of life, you want to look and seek out wise people. And there's people here at the Gateway Church that are wise. There are people at your work that are wise. There are people at your work that are unwise. And let me just say, there are people at the Gateway Church that are unwise that you wouldn't necessarily look for wisdom from. And so you've got to be wise. You've got to be looking for people that have a good track record. That's who you should listen to. All right, so we've got two legs of leadership. What's the first one? Everyone say it. A servant's heart. The second one is a teachable attitude. And who wants to help me with the third leg of leadership? Megan? All right, you got it. Here you go, Megan. Just hang on to that. We're going to use that in just a second. All right. The third one is probably my most favorite, is we as master level leaders, successful leaders, need to have servant heart, a teachable attitude. And the third leg of leadership is a desire to ever draw closer to Jesus. A desire to ever draw closer to Jesus. You say, well, why is that important? I know leaders that that don't have any relationship with Jesus, and they do okay. Well, as Christ-centered leaders, as master-level leaders, this will give you an edge that will take you uh, far beyond your wildest imagination. Why is it important? When you get close to God, you get wisdom. Bottom line. You get wisdom when you spend time with the Holy Spirit. And we need wisdom. That's the, uh, the, the fill in the blank there. And more than wisdom, we need a word from the Lord, don't we? Can you think about the real problems that maybe you're facing and you need to hear from the Lord? Or maybe those that you're leading, the problems, the trouble, the everyday situations that we don't just need a good answer, we need a godly answer, amen? And, you know, think about it in your context at school students. Um, there, there are real issues that are plaguing our schools, and you don't need just another uh, a creative assembly on character. Your friends need Jesus. They need a word from the Lord. And I believe as you draw near to the Lord, God will give you a word as you lead. To a desire to draw close to Jesus. Uh, Colossians 2.3 says, In Him, in Christ, are, all, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and of knowledge. If you, want, if you get to know Jesus, there are 
all kinds of things, wisdom and knowledge. And as we draw close, we can give something to people, something wonderful from heaven. Isn't that exciting when you think about that? That as we draw close to God, that he will take us and he will use us for his glory, for his honor. And as leaders, that's what we're called to do. And so we, as leaders, must, must make a decision to keep growing in the Lord. And how do you grow in the Lord? A couple things. To be involved in prayer. Our prayer life is so important. To be in the Word of God. To be knowing what God says. Worship. To fill our lives with God. Being involved in these leadership nights is an important step. And uh, I just want to encourage you that these three things are critical for Christian leadership. Now, I gave you three legs, and uh, three of you are holding those. I need you guys to come on up here for a moment. And we're going to put together a little, uh, little exercise that's going to hopefully uh, be etched in your mind. There are three things when it comes to Christian. Don't beat me! When it comes to Christian leadership. And the first one was, again, let's say it all together, a, a servant's heart. And who had a servant's heart? Whoa. All right. Go ahead and put your leg in there, all right? Either way, I think. Maybe it's the other way. You got it. Nice. All right. The second one was a? Teachable attitude. All right. Teachable attitude. All right. Put that in there. All right, Robin. And Megan? All right. I'm going to put down the microphone here for a second. We got a little stool here. Does a two-legged stool work? No. Not very well. You could probably balance on it for a second, but it's not going to be as comfortable. It's not going to be as sturdy. The third one, let's go ahead and put it in there. What was the third leg of leadership? An ever-desire, ever, let's say it again. You got it. A desire to ever draw closer to Jesus. Now, we're going to have a little experiment here, all right? Who's willing to sit on that stool? I don't care who you are tonight. You could be 500 pounds, and I'm telling you, this stool will hold you. It was well built. But you don't weigh 500 pounds, but you probably weigh over 100, don't you? All right, jump on that. Jump up there for me, all right? And uh, let's, get, let's see. Ah. And you know what? It's so great. This stool here, it represents... Our effectiveness, our ability to lead. But, brother, you take out a servant's heart. Go ahead and sit down now. He's going to have a little more trouble. All right, stand up for a second. You take out a teachable attitude. You can say, oh, man, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. And it's not, it's not going to work. On the bottom of your page is on the, sec- on the uh, second side, I want you to draw a little picture of a three-legged stool and say you must have all three of these legs in order to achieve master-level leadership. A servant's heart, a teachable spirit, and a desire to grow closer to the Lord. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you for tonight. Thank you for each of the folks that are here. I pray that your Holy Spirit would illuminate these prerequisites to master level leadership it help us to understand how these things can benefit us how they can challenge us and how these qualities can be used in our day to day 
Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.